0: Welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. In this week's show, it's our review of the season, the many highs and the occasional lows. We take a look at the key games over the past eight months and the memorable moments on and off the pitch. We also give our thoughts on the players of the season. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, it's the last episode of season 2 and uh, it's Sunday evening and we're we're back at Lee's Lee. Um how are you and how does it feel to have got to the end of this this crazy crazy season?
1: I feel quite emotional actually Tony. I mean, I always dread this season finale uh, for two reasons. Obviously, I'm going to miss you boys when we uh, when we're not podcasting oh. on a Sunday. But also, I have a terrible memory, as you three know, <laughs> and I literally have no recollection of uh, of any of the games. So I've been doing swatting all day today, mate. Jolly, jolly goodly, and can I say you look
0: resplendent in your
1: new yeah. white, blue, and grey bears uh, polo shirt? Is this a new purchase? Yes, yeah, I bought two new tops, and uh, obviously with the intent of uh, being uh, wearing them at Twickenham today, at uh, yesterday, but. Um, but instead, I'm wearing them in your company instead, mate. Fantastic. And Pete, let me turn to you. Um,
0: you're, you're freshly back from the Hogwarts Express, aren't you? Oh, yeah. you, 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 you? Tell us what you've been doing today. Well, birthday trip to
2: uh, Harry Potter World. Uh, it was very good. I'd highly recommend it to anyone who uh, wants to take their kids there. Um, saw uh, you know, all sorts of stuff from the film and, and even saw um, half the sale pack. Uh, the old Death
0: Eaters—they uh, were, they were there as
2: well. Um, but yeah, great day. And but obviously you had to time it properly so I could get back in time for for this, Tony.
0: Jolly good, jolly good. And uh, Miles, you 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 and I share something. We we both are looking maybe a little bit fatigued <laughs> due to camping at the weekend. How how was your uh, how was your night?
3: Uh, tiring, T C, to say the least. I was just whinging to the to the lads here that. I uh, probably felt like I had about two hours sleep last night. I had a sort of festival like flag fluttering in the wind all night. The birds up at about four AM and too much beer, so I need to get up from many a pee. So uh lack of sleep, a bit jaded, and just about had time to sort of uh, you know, catch up on the games this afternoon.
0: Yeah, I must admit I because uh we're huge fan to Glastonbury and our family we uh, we would have been there if the festival had been on so we had our, our own mini Glastonbury me and my 11 year old daughter tent out in the back garden so I was there um, Friday night and Saturday night and uh, a mixture of rain seagulls and our cat <laughs> deciding to pay us little visits in the middle of the night um, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit tired too but uh, let's talk about this wonderful season that we've had let's uh, reminisce and uh well let's start off. I mean what I what I'm gonna ask is for each of each of you, each of us, to maybe take a couple of months of the season uh and then pick out some of those key moments and let's let's have a chat of them. So eeny meeny miny moe. Pete, let's start with you. Can you cover November and December? I certainly will, Tony. I'll give it the best shot. It does seem a, a
2: lifetime ago, but uh, based on my research, uh, we had in November and December obviously a late start to the, the new season, um, we had I think we had four um, Premiership games. And we had two European games, so it was uh, yeah, it was it, it was an interesting start. I think we had the the excitement and the joy of the season before, where we'd won our first Challenge Cup and we'd reached the playoffs, and I think we were all very buoyant. Uh, Just leading up to that season until we saw the team sheet for that first game against Wasps when we realised that we were missing quite a few players through injury and uh, international call up. So I think it was a little bit of a sombre mood that week. I think we were a little bit nervous and and of course Wasps was first up and having a, a horrendous
0: record against Wasps it didn't really bode well. Um, I've got to say I absolutely I can remember that and I think that's we said to you guys we were missing like 16 with injuries yeah, and yeah, international yeah, yeah. call-ups I thought those first four games of the season to be honest I thought if we won one of them we, yeah. we'd we be doing pretty well. Yeah well as it as it turned out I mean we ended up winning
2: two out of the first three um, we only narrowly lost to Wasps didn't we I think we put up a really good performance yeah. and Some of our, what we might have considered to be squad players, who actually now are probably stalwarts, you know, did a great job. Um, And uh, only I think we only lost that one uh, 23-20. Next game against Warriors, back on on it again. um, Bonus point win. There was a few, I I remember there was one big turning point in that game where they almost broke through and scored an interception try, but then the TMO looked at it and it was a knock-on. And then straight after that, Kitchener... Got carded, and then I think Siali, Piata Gordon, and suddenly we were a long way ahead. And I, I looked back on that and thought, you know, that was a that was a potential banana skin that we avoided, and then pushed on. And then, of course, we had the uh, we had a very very close game against Saints, uh, where we were we were losing, and um, Old Sam Bedloe saw us through with a with a great kick at the death. Um, came on as a sub um, and slotted slotted it between the 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 uh, the posts. And I did actually what there was a little Twitter. Video on that, and it and the commentator said, "I have no idea how Bristol won that match."
0: But <laughs> hey, in the in the record books it says eighteen seventeen. So, so and yeah. I thought I think Northampton were off the back of a really yeah. didn't they? They were terrible towards the end yeah. of the previous season. Had a bad start mm. and. Was it we had Tiff Eden because we did Malins was out, Sheedy yeah. was out, Lloyd was out absolutely and 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 Bedloe actually came on for tiff, so yeah. it wasn 't even
2: as if Bedloe... so 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 great and then we went into Europe and um, we had our first bit of bit of a chastening experience against Clermont i 'm sure um we all boys probably remember that we were twenty one points down in I think sixteen minutes and were being taught a proper lesson by the uh, the French flyers um but you know, we came back and scored five tries, and and uh, uh, and then went to Connaught the week later, and dodgy conditions, but ground out a really good victory there. I think showed our class, and then finished off with that Boxing Day, uh, that Boxing Day win at Harlequins, where we were awful in the first half, and Pat did the old famous. There's two doors, boys. There's that <laughs> one that takes you home to the coach, or that one go on the pitch, and I think Harry Randall played really well in that game, and we we came back and and scored and. Uh, you know, it was. I think those those first six games, even though were a bit up and down, I think they really set a template for the season in terms of the of of how we pulled ourselves back from difficult positions, and and I think we learned an awful lot in those first five games that is, that saw us in good stead for for games later on in the season. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a it was an interesting interesting start. As I said, it seems a it seems an age away. Um, So, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, it took us up to to the new year Um, and and I might pass the baton on now,
0: Tone. Well, let's pass the baton on to to Lee. Lee, um, if you take us
1: through January and February, and of course it all started on New Year's Day. It did, yeah. We were playing Falcons New Year's Day. Um, It actually took us 43 seconds, if I remember rightly, to open the scoring in that game. And what we thought subsequently was going to be a bit of a thrashing for Falcons... um, was far from it, wasn't it? And I think the, the key moment of that match was actually the seventy metre effort. Do I mean, you remember you boys remember it got disallowed. And some brilliant interchange play with um I think it was semi yep, yeah, semi Rands, Lloyd and Piers O'Connor and Big Ne finishing it off. But um it was disallowed. Was it a forward pass? I'm not quite sure to be honest. I Can't
0: or remember
1: that far back. I yeah. Can't remember that far well, back. back. But I did. I see in as part of my research. I remembered that actually Kloska got man of the match in that game as well. Yeah. And scored a try. Um, so that was New Year's Day, and then we we headed off in uh, Fine Fettle to Sandy Park. And I don't know what you boys think, but this was for me one of the best performances of the season.
0: I I I've been thinking about what what what's our best performance, and I I I think I I would agree because. Mm. Um, this there was no fluke involved here. We we outplayed Exeter.
1: Yeah, yeah, we totally dominated them, didn't we? Um, and I think uh, Johnny Hill did score for them, but um, but that for me was was the first moment of the season that I thought actually this could be our year now. Um,
0: and that that was a seven points to twenty victory, wasn't it? That was
1: yeah, that was. And then obviously, then the next game we had was um, was the big derby against Bath, where. I mean, again, we're talking about good performances. I mean, this one was, was a pasting, wasn't it? I mean, we loved every second of just, that. Just
0: remind us of the score, Lee. So,
1: 48-3 it was, and it was the biggest ever Premiership win for Bristol. Six tries, Piotr Moorhan, Sammy Lloyd again, Andy Wren, and, um, and my mate, Mr Byrne, BB, He was... It was actually uh, earned, I mean lots of money at that time, if you remember <laughs> rightly, on the bookies. And that was, I
2: mean, that was a 60-minute was a, a result, wasn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I yeah. think we we, yeah. we were actually a little bit disappointed that it was only 48, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it could have been yeah. so much more, so... Yeah. yeah.
1: And then with all that good, uh, you know, those three good results, then obviously we faced the team that we all hate playing in cell. And... Um, and unfortunately, that was the first defeat in six games for us. Twenty points to third team. Again, Byrne got on the on the score sheet again, and um, and Lloyd scored. I think he scored. No, he scored one try, didn't he? I think, if I remember rightly. Um, so yeah, I mean that game. I think Cell, you know, they did deserve it, in my opinion. And I think that was um, that was it. Kind of brought us a bit down to earth, then, didn't it? And then we've got. Obviously, the the game, the Gloucester game, which was uh, was a bit of a nerve wracking one, wasn't it? I remember that one for for Pete's mate Billy Twelvetrees, Trees having an absolute shocker, um, and
0: I think the thing is as well with that Bath game, so so fresh in our memory, I and mean, Gloucester were bottom of the table then, yeah, I, if anyway. I remember rightly, we, we'd absolutely destroyed Bath, and then we go to King's home uh, and I think most Bristol fans were expecting. The same again, but it was yeah. far from it,
1: was it? Well, it didn't help that we threw two interceptions to Carreras as well, didn't we? Which uh, obviously didn't didn't set the tone too much, but I mean, it, it was one of those matches where Lloyd came on, kicked a seventy fifth minute penalty to win the game for us, and and you know it was like it was one of those moments where the youngster had stepped up again, and um, so yeah, so we narrowly got through that one, and then we've got the London Irish game, the 34 all draw. And this was kind of a precursor to the Quinns, wasn't it? Now we look back in hindsight. So we threw away an 18 point halftime lead. A game where there was 11 tries in total. And, um, and actually the one thing that I did remember is at the end, we nearly lost that game.
0: We should have lost. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. Was it about a three man overlap? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dropped it, and he? yeah, yeah. Phipps,
1: he dropped it on the line, didn't yeah. he? Pretty much. Um, and again, I think we got yeah. I think we got six or seven tries in that game.
2: That was the one where Pat, after the game, was the first time I've seen him look pretty angry or mm. calling out some of the players, and he mm. didn't he just say something like tackling it seemed to become optional in the second <laughs> half, which is as close yeah. to and you thought oh, there's a few players there who are yeah. going to be in his office mm-hmm. on Monday.
1: Well, I think Mitch GD was probably one of them after the yellow card as yeah. well. But. Yeah. And then my last game was um, was was quite a boring one. It was um, when we beat Leicester seventeen three. I mean, that was um, I thought Leicester actually played quite well, but defensively we were we were solid, weren't we? But it was a wasteful performance. Um, looking back from my notes, three tries and. Yeah, a bit of a nondescript game really to I, end with
0: and I, I they they didn't send a very strong team either did they last no. from from memory so that that takes us up to the end of February so that's thirteen games uh we won nine uh lost three and drawn one so uh the daffodils were out <laughs> the uh days were growing longer miles and uh we moved into march yeah. and uh I think the first game in March was against that uh, bogey team at that bogey ground, uh, which is six
3: ways. Absolutely. I mean, it was a busy period. March and April, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, including a European match as well. I mean, you're right, our bogey side at six ways and um, they nearly did it again, didn't they? And won over us. I mean, um, what we saw, which was a great run from Nuala Lago, we'd all been promised this sort of dashing run and and bringing his skills from league, and I think until that point we 'd yet to see it, but at that game he was absolutely on fire and he got a hat-trick in that game, so that 's fantastic for him. I mean the hosts were leading again, I think it was seven minutes, Newelgo scored, Yashiuni converted to win the match, so a great win at six ways. Then our first defeat after that to Wasps in 15 years at home where we... we our sn- first victory. Yeah, first victory, sorry. Defeat of Wasps. Yeah, uh, defeat of Wasps where we snatched a 37-20 win. I mean, again, Gopith was on fire. We were down 10 minutes in the opening quarter. Um, and Eden, I seem to remember, hit the post a few times. Um, but then I think on 80th minute, Rui really grabbed a a try, and Charles Piotr was described by like, Hugo Monnier as on fire with a little heart. So he certainly <laughs> felt the love for Charles on that match. Then back to Saints, I mean, uh, we scored again, I think Narek scored twice in the last five minutes to get our bonus point. All backs tries, interestingly, and Eden and Bedloe converting all four. And I think that was the first match of the season where my mate Andy, Andy Solid Uren got man of the match. <laughs> so well done, well done here. And that,
0: that's after a lot of coaching by well, you. Well, absolutely, I think yeah, That's yeah. one of the things the podcast should take some credit for <laughs> that that Miles has been able to coach Andy all, all the uh, way through. Uh, well, and I, look, look, what a fantastic well, I'm fairly
1: <laughs> sure Pat listens, listens to, the, uh, to the podcast just <laughs> for Miles' insight. Into well, there the we water. go. And,
3: and then that was another win in the last seven minutes. That seemed to be a recurring theme, rare. Really. And then we faced that that game against Quinns at home uh, where we won in the 80th minute we left it a bit later this time uh, I think the clock was in the red Sheedy kicked to the uh, corner and our man Sinkler was back from international duty uh, stepped up in the mall and scored against his own club at the, in the dying seconds and actually Sheedy needed a very difficult kick from the line to win it and he only went and did it and oh, but th- he'd been practising against England really, <laughs> <it>? a <laughs> few weeks earlier absolutely yeah. Yeah and I think what we learned we'll come on to chat about is how good Danny Kerr and Marcus Smith were in that game and they were electric and that went on to be our obviously downfall later on in well the state, especially do it? you
0: remember Kerr um, mugging Ben Earl yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah,
3: ripping um, the ball off him and, and, and then, scoring and banging him on the head as a sort of like was, thanks very uh, much yeah, mate that was oh. the
2: rugby equivalent of Ben Earl teeing off and not getting beyond <laughs> the women's tee he <laughs> uh, got a bit of I'm sure he got a bit of towel whipping in the, uh, in the changing room
0: and if I <laughs> It, was that the one where, as well, did Smith hit the post? Atwood caught it, the and then one. there was that great move that uh, did he finish it off yeah, as well? Yeah, he Atwood, did. Atwood yeah. galloped yeah. through, didn't
2: he? Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, no, it was as and that was a, another coast to coast, which was a phrase that was used quite a lot, wasn't it? In the season of <laughs> Bristol Bears,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that was a great game in the end, fantastic win. And then we were away in Bordeaux where we actually did our little Bears Beyond the Gate video diaries. If you remember, it was a glorious sunny day here, roasting hot in Bordeaux. <laughs> But alas, Jalibert was on fire and we suspected he would be because we'd seen him play before. Um, His kicks were on point and it was a 36-17 defeat over there. And that was the end of our European uh, chances, really, which is a bit of a sad day. But, you know, Bordeaux outplayed us. Uh, Then back to the league, another win over Newcastle again. We were down another 10 points in the first quarter. To then bring it back with some fantastic tries from uh, Malins and Moraghan. Sheedy unfortunately got injured with a rather dubious brockleback shoulder to the head. Um, but then we went 134-17, so a fantastic away win. And then to our first loss in six games was to Chiefs at home. Uh, we were quite I think we were all quite quite sort of assured that we play play well there, we might get the win. You know, we got all these games on all these games under about lots of wins, but then Exeter came and Exeter played the Exeter away. Uh, they were phenomenal in the breakdown, and that was a bit of our, our downfall, really. That We weren't quick enough at the breakdown. Uh, they overplayed us, and I think Sheedy was injured the week before, so we didn't have him, and we sadly went down to a 12-20 loss to them, which was uh, our first loss in six games in the league.
0: Yeah, so uh, through March and April, then seven games, won five, lost two. So the losses against Exeter and Bordeaux brought us into May. Um, I mean, by this time, we'd been top of the league for about 13 rounds, I mm-hmm. think, uh, or yeah. at, at least 10 rounds. Uh, and then uh, off down the A4 to Bath. And do you remember we started that game and we looked absolutely brilliant we were ripping them apart weren't yeah, we yeah and i think there was a try disallowed early on uh and then what happens we gift them two tries i think they add a penalty as well so we're we're looking looking at half time 15 nil down and thankfully um Husey got a, a try just before half time and then we absolutely ripped into them scoring five tries and we had the record home win earlier in the season, yeah. and then we had the record away win to match that. I mean, how fantastic. I remember when we got promoted, um, uh, what was it, three three years ago, and texting into uh, the BBC online to say a good season for me would be staying up and beating Bath twice. Well, we beat Bath <laughs> twice every season now, so uh, every season's a good one as far as I'm concerned. And then we got to the seventeenth of May, a game that was put back by two days. Can you remember why it was put back by two days, boys? I think I can. Can you remember? I remember. Even I remember this
1: one. Lee,
2: you can remember because you wrote an amazing uh, Bristol Post article about it, didn't he? About the emotions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Tell us, then, Lee. Well, it was it was it was the most memorable day of the season for for us, wasn't it? Because we all managed to get in and watch her. Watch some sparkling rugby at the
0: gate. It was awesome, wasn't it? It was Bristol against Gloucester. We'd just taken the, the step out of lockdown mm-hmm. that meant that we could have just over 3,000 fans in the stadium. And the one thing I really do remember is the noise. Yeah. I was just oh, yeah. amazed how 3,000 people in that stadium could make so much noise. It was absolutely party atmosphere. Um, we were all over Gloucester like a rash. Um, they had a red card, didn't they, for tip-tackle. Was it on Chris Vui? Yeah, um, yeah. Quite early on. Was it Steve Big Steve? No, it was Steve. Steve. Somehow, at half-time, it was only 13-7. And I think all of us were thinking, oh, this can't, uh, Sinclair had, had a try t- taken out. I think by then, two or three had gone to the TMO. By the end of the game, we'd scored six tries and butchered or had nine disallowed by the TMO. <laughs> and do you remember... It, we, it, we must have spent about fifteen minutes watching the big screen, and, and we were all—I mean, we were all a bit giddy because we were back in the ground. Remember the song TMO, T-M-O. and we were only brilliant. doing it as a joke. And then it would go to the TMO. Yeah. So, to be honest, that—that's—I think, for the fact that we were back in the ground, but also the result and the number of TMO tries chalked off—that will be a game I will remember for a long, long time. Um, and then, uh, and then it was uh, sail away, sail away, sail away. And we just thought, get the win there and then we can put our feet up because that, that will be job done. We'd already um, qualified for the playoffs. This was to give us a home quarterfinal. Um, and do you remember that first half? Can, who remembers yeah. the score at halftime? Nil nil. Yeah. Nil <laughs> nil. I mean, we were really both going for it, wasn't it? It was real defences mm. on top. Uh, semi got that yellow card, um, they scored a couple of tries I think and we ended up losing 22-12 um, which then meant of course we, we really wanted to get the result at Leicester to make sure we got the home, um, the home semi-final. Um, and, and I still think, whatever, what's it called now? Meccano Woods Stadium? Ma- Mat- yeah, Wood? Mat- 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 yeah, Mattoli yeah. Mat- yeah. Mat- 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 Woods. Welford Road <laughs> to us. Well Welford Road to us, which is always, when you see how many premiership titles that club won, I mean, mm. they are one of the giants, and I always think to go there and get a result. But again, um, you know, there was that fabulous uh, semi-try when Piatown popped it to him, we wound straight through. Uh, the middle of the park, uh, we were 14-6 at halftime, they came back into it, and then of course we had Propgate, didn't we, <laughs> where we had Borthwick and Lamb on the sidelines, we'd had one yellow card with Kerr, Shaparo then gets a yellow card, we're into injury time, reset after reset after reset, John Afo is injured, no he's not, yes he is, no he's not, I'll I'll go on. And then he then he went and did the business, and we got that win. Um,
1: which again, in, in, incredible moment. That was the day we found out, and the team manager was was it Giffin giffin Jones. We found out found out his actual name, didn't we? If it so, was yeah
0: yeah yeah. It was the most kind of screen time he'd ha- he'd ever <laughs> had. Uh, disappointingly, then the the second game that we thought we would get into the stadium and see. Uh, the final game of the season against London Irish that was postponed because Irish uh, because of Covid. And uh, yes, well, we talked about the final game of the season last week, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But uh, obviously, after extra time, Bristol losing 36 uh, to 43 against Quins. Um, and just talking about Quins, before we, 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 we talk a bit more about our season and some of the memorable moments. What a final that was. Um, Exeter 38, Harlequins 40. Um, Pete, let me come to you. I found it quite therapeutic as a Bristol fan because to see Quins do that to Exeter mm. made me realize actually how good a team they have become in the last few months of the season. But what a seesaw game that was!
2: It was, it was it was extraordinary I, I kind of started watching the second the first half because there wasn't much else on i was at home and then as it developed particularly in the second half i just thought well this 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 is there's a story brewing here and i, I, I couldn't believe it i mean it was an unbelievable game of rugby i've got to say that for rugby for premiership rugby for to, to promote itself it was fantastic but halfway through that second half i there was no, I would put a mortgage on Exeter winning that game. I could not see where Quinns were going to win that because they suddenly looked leggy. They About halfway through, they looked like the semi-final had caught up with them. But give credit to them and particularly to Marcus Smith, who I think is an absolutely fantastic rugby player now. Um, they came back and Lewis Lyon scored these two tries. And you could just see, like us, you could... It, I felt like I knew exactly all the Exeter fans were feeling at the time because you could just see it ebbing away. Um, the only thing I'd say about it, Tony, you said it was a bit of therapy. It slightly made me like consider the way that we play rugby is that Quins and Bristol are ambitious sides but have two different kind of coaching philosophies and ours is very much about the system and about playing within that structure and just relying on the system to see you through, which unfortunately in the semi final it didn't do, whereas Quinn's was clearly just playing as they see it was kind of leadership from within the team, whereas ours I think is very much leadership from above that goes down through the team and just made me think it's a very interesting contrast between the two teams who we are basically very similar in the way they play rugby and the way they want to play it. And fair play to Quinn's for it. I don't think it's a long term sustainable. Way of playing rugby, but you know, on Saturday it worked for them.
0: Well, you know, when you think they've um, miles, they've they've conceded thirty six points in a semi final and thirty eight points in a final, but still, you know, they've gone on to win. you know, the last week on the pod, we all hoped that Harlequins would win, but we all went for Exeter.
3: What, mm. what were your thoughts when, when you saw that? Well, I, I think last week, I, I think I might have commented on the podcast or, or personally that they would probably get pummeled by Chiefs. And how wrong we were. I mean, they've scored, what is it? Is it 76 points across two games? And you cannot deny that they're a fantastic running side. We've, as Pete said, we're very similar to style to us, but a different system. And, you know, fans might whinge that, uh, you know, about the fourth place side going on to win. But you cannot deny that on the day they appear to have done their homework, played their own way, changed the system uh, when it needed to and got the win. So I think it's fantastic. And I think we all said that if Quinn's got to the final and we didn't, we would would back them. It's brilliant for them. Yeah, in fact, it was 83 points, including the extra time uh,
0: points here. Uh, Lee, um, is, is there any doubt now? Marcus Smith, surely, surely he's got to start for number 10 for England. Do you think Eddie Jones has got his number?
1: Well, I mean, I think we all agree that Marcus Smith is, is the best 10 in England. But um, whether Eddie Jones actually believes that himself is another thing entirely, isn't it? Um, I mean, for me, all day he's uh, is England's number 10.
0: It's it just he's been fantastic. You look at Liner as well. That, that those two tries. You see those pictures with him and his dad, who thirty years earlier broke England's hearts mm-hmm. um, at a World Cup final. So many congratulations to Harlequins, and we put a tweet out as well. Uh, the Harlequins podcast and Nev's left boot. Yeah, you know one of the uh, the great things about this season, Pete, is been your Pete's Premiership previews. We've made uh, lots of new friends with with other podcasts and people from Supporters Club uh, around. But I think that you know the Harlequins boys particularly have been top notch, haven't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I I sent a little direct message as well, saying well done and enjoy your beers and all that sort of stuff, um, because they those boys are big fans of their own club and and their podcast is 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 I think they do it very similar to us. They you know they 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 have a slight tongue in cheek. They they're very. Um, You know, they're friends and and they speak very clearly about their club and and, and what it means to them. And uh, I was chuffed for them, really, to be honest. I mean, only on Saturday and obviously next season we'll be back on it with them. And, uh, you know, I I might have to just think about whether we invite them on because they, they, you know, they might turn out to be a bit like the bath plug boys, might they? And be a (laughs) little bit too arrogant. But uh, no, fair play to the boys. And also just like you mentioned it, Tone, it was a bit of a a, a wing and a prayer early in the season to, to do this and sort of say... Should we try and contact a few people in it? It turned into something quite regular, um, and and I've enjoyed it. I mean, it's 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 been a, bit <laughs> been a bit seat of the pants at times, the odd the odd text message at the last minute. But I'd just like to say thanks to everyone who came on, and you know all very willing uh, to to chat and to to, to give their
0: views and. Uh, Look forward to speaking again next season. And do you know what's going to be really great is hopefully at some gate games at Ashton Gate and some away games, we can get to it. Meet, meeting up with yeah. some of these people yeah. uh, and having a beer with them. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at Bears Beyond the Gate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Uh, Well, the club's announced the... um, player of the year awards and i just thought it'd be you know chat through whether we we agree with those just get ready for some sound effects in fact pete can you can you just talk me through that can of beer that you're just about to open <laughs> well,
2: i just thought tony you were talking about the player the awards it would be i could use this but yeah it's uh it's a bit of a re- it's research purposes wild beer company sleeping limes fresh Sleep- limes and lager so uh are
0: you ready, everyone no. <laughs> there we are yeah. That was a bit like Lee popping his cork the other way. No, not, not as impressive as it should have been. Uh, l- luckily, uh, Miles' uh, wife's rug is nowhere to be seen at the moment. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's talk about the awards. Uh, Lee, let me come to you. Um, Team Man of the Year, Joe Joyce. Well deserved or were there other people that you thought could have been in the running for that? Well, th- it's difficult for us to know I yeah. suppose. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not diff- I mean you see Joycey, even when he's not playing he's he's always fully committed and he's geeing the guys up behind the scenes isn't he? And um, obviously being uh, the King of Southmead, a Bristol boy himself he's, you know, the club's uh, dear to his heart
0: and I think, yeah, well deserved. And Pete, let me come to you. Um, Fitz Hardin, Academy Player of the Year. Were there any other choices to pick from? Well, I suppose Joe and Lloyd would still fit into that car- uh, category, but no, I think I
2: think Fitzharding worthy, um, you know, putting his head in where it hurts as well, and coming in a couple of times when we really needed uh, a big performance. Um, and I think nah, which was it? It was the one where we won at the last minute. When someone remind me when he he made the little break off the kickoff, yeah, yeah, and popped it to, to Andy Arendt, didn't we, and we scored. And you know that's gold dust and things like that. And so I look forward to to seeing him competing for a you know a, a first mm-hmm. team berth. Um, and I'd like to say,
0: Tone, clearly, I like the cut of his jib. His jib is well cut. Yes. Was that? Was that? Uh, I'm just looking down here. Was that, that game. Was, was that? Was that? Uh, was it Northampton? We were down and out, weren't we? It was off the
2: kickoff. South yeah, I
0: think it, it might have been against Northampton. I'm not sure. We'll uh, we'll come back to that. Um, right, back of the year. Let me come to you, Miles. Andy Uren,
3: none other than Andy solid Uren. I mean, <laughs> that's just fantastic. We've got we've got these huge, big names, I mean, marquee players in our backs to choose from. I mean, many would say that you know you've got Charles, Semi, uh, and all of them played fantastically well. But Andy sort of climbed out the shadow of, of Harry Randall, didn't he, really? After our fantastic uh, Challenge Cup win at the end of last season, Harry was on the form. Um, so for Andy to come in when Harry was uh, on international duty, subsequently injured, not even playing for England, he did brilliantly, and he's had some fantastic games, some great running tries. We were you know, a little bit critical at times of him, but at the end of the season, really? he was... Me. <laughs> he was so important in our game. His kicks were fantastic. Some tries were brilliant. And I think that's fantastic for him. Yeah. He yeah. carried the team, didn't
1: he? he did. And he I,
2: think, I think it was as
3: much
0: about the minutes on the pitch thing yeah. as well, wasn't it? As yeah. Much as his performances. Mm. Yeah, because it was 80 minutes after 80 minutes after 80 yeah. minutes, wasn't it? Um, and uh, back, uh, forward of the year rather, let me come to you, Lee. Uh Bristolian you are and uh, mm. Mr Mister Jan Thomas got the award well, well deserved
1: I was really pleased about this because I, I have to admit Jan Thomas for me has been one of the absolute stars of the season and you know I come back to to when he was G and the fans up when we were at the game recently and that for me was fantastic that he's got that I mean obviously there's there's a few other candidates I think you, know, you could put Big John in there as well couldn't you and um but, no, Jan Thomas, for me, all day long this season.
0: Okay, and these were the club awards, um, and the, the two that are left was the supporters club player of the season. They went for Steve Luatua, and the players player of the year was Charles Pietau. So, let, let, let me come round, starting with you, uh, Pete. Overall, if you had to award player of the season, would it be one of those two, or would it be somebody else? Well... It's funny actually, because I was asked this on
2: Tuesday, because I was, I was uh, privileged to be on uh, the scrum with our friend Jeff Twentyman, and, and I was put on the spot about player of the season without actually having thought about it. And actually, I went for Chris Mui, uh, and an instinctive reaction. And, and, and I look at that, and I think I think it was a bit un, unfortunate not to get shortlisted for for, for, for at least forward of the, the season, if not player. Because to me... Um, he goes about his business in such an unassuming way. Again, one of these guys that puts minutes on the games. I, mean, I think if you look through some of the stats, you know he would have had most of the, a lot of appearances, a lot of minutes on the pitch. I think his you look at his tackle count. I think some of the stats on Vui's tackle count was, was huge, and, and he was our big lineout man. He was. I think he. I've done some research. To him. fifty-one
0: lineouts, one five stolen. He was top of the tree. And of course, don't forget, he, he had that hand injury at the start of the season because yeah. Joyce, didn't he knee him or something yeah, in a, yeah. a line out? And, and I think it, I don't know if it was a break at the hand, but he missed quite a few games to start yeah. with, but then he, yeah. he's just been all the way but, through. Yeah, so, so, so so you're going I'm Chris, gonna Chris, say Chris I'm going to
2: stick with what I said, yeah.
0: And just picking up on that, that was fabulous on Tuesday, can I just say. <laughs> um, the the scrum uh, last Tuesday, Jeff had Pete in and... Uh, Two other Bristol Bears fans, and the whole one-hour program was just the review of the season and how wonderful for a, us as a podcast that you were able to contribute to that. And uh, yeah, and and actually in the studio yeah, as it was, well, it was amazing. I mean, we
2: were in it was a kind of temporary studio, so they'd set up. It was in like it felt like I was back at school. It was like some sort of classroom, and we all had little armchairs and we were. Uh, but yeah, it was great fun, and uh, it was really weird actually to be there. But, you know, with all this paraphernalia, headphones and, you know, and microphones, because normally it's just been on the phone. Uh, but as we know, Jeff's very easy to talk to, and it became a conversation. Um, and uh, I must say, Tone, I did manage to get two plugs. There's oh, the other gun. game yeah, 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 in yeah. there, <laughs> I, both halves
1: of the show as well. I, think. I just yeah. wanted to know, did Miles turn it down for us then? I, I, oh, I, <laughs> I, so.
2: I, I, I assumed you three were all busy that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. yeah so, uh, no, that was fantastic. I'm... I'm COVID, did you have to wear protection?
3: <laughs>
0: and a mask? Yeah, I borrowed some of Miles. Yeah. Okay, so you're going Chris Vuey for player yeah. of the season. Miles, let me come to you next. Uh, who would you have voted for for player of the season?
3: I'm not going to deny that the player's player of the season was Charles Piotr. I mean, I, I, you know, we, he's such a pivotal player uh, in, in the tight games that we win and the runs that we run away with. And I think it only showed, really, in that last game against Harlequins how much we missed him uh, when he went off with the HIA. So, yeah, uh, it's difficult because a lot of the backs played fantastically. I I agree, Viri was brilliant. The unassuming players like Dan Thomas, who put in the minutes, uh, The tackle count is phenomenal and go a bit underrated. Um, So it's really difficult to choose player of the season. But I think, yeah, you know, why not? Charles had some fantastic tries and he just shows really why we pay him so much. Lee, let me come to you next. Um,
1: your thoughts on player of the season. Well bizarrely, I just want to say there was a guy that looked like Piotr, just as Miles was talking about, and <laughs> yeah. walked past the window. Well, um no the the I totally agree with boys. I mean, well these That's are quite
0: t- impressive actually, because you're on the first floor. Uh, so <laughs> he must have been about <laughs> twenty-eight foot tall. <laughs> Oh, do you mean the other side of the road? Oh no, okay.
1: <laughs> um <laughs> there's one guy that always stands out for me, and I think you'll you'll know what I'm gonna say is Stephen to a Captain Superman, and he's the glue. He's absolutely integral to everything that we do. And the guy just never has a bad performance, you know. Um, I mean you could say obviously the semi-final against Quinn's wasn't his his greatest moment, but I do believe that he was injured in, in that anyway. Um, but yeah, Lua Tua for me, definitely player of the season.
0: But that, that That's really interesting. One name that's not been mentioned is Piers O'Connor, who uh, uh, I think he played every minute, hadn't he, up to mm-hmm. uh, just before the end of the season, scored lots of tries, made lots of metres. I, I find this really difficult because I don't yeah. think one player stood out head and shoulders yeah. above everybody else, I think... You know, we've seen some fabulous. Um, all the people that have been mentioned have had great, great seasons. Lots of them, though. You know, like Pierre Tau missed quite a few. Was rested for for, for a few. Um, I, I I find it very difficult to pick. Um, I think Jan Thomas has been hugely consistent, and I think he's he's stepped up. Um, but but if I if I had to pick, I don't know whether I would possibly agree with Pete with Chris Vui. I just think he has just been there since coming back from that hand injury has been super consistent played loads of minutes and put his body on the line yeah. Stephen Lewatoa does the same but I, I think for me Vui probably just just edged it so we'd love to hear your thoughts on a uh, player of the season so why don't you um uh, drop us a, a a message on Twitter, give us a post, uh, and let us have your thoughts. Um, so let's let's start to to round up this season then, boys. Um, I I'm going to come to each of you in turn, and I first of all I'm going to ask you about your kind of most memorable moment from a, a rugby perspective, from a Bristol perspective. Tell me those, and then. We'll talk about our mo- most memorable, if you like, podcast moment. So, from from a rugby perspective, let me come to you, Pete. What sticks out in your mind is that 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 magic moment. Well, you did give us a bit of a heads up on this tone, so I I have been reflecting
2: on it. And and, and weirdly, <laughs> despite all the amazing tries that were both scored and uh, chalked off by the TMO, some of the, the fantastic offloading, or whatever, <laughs> the one thing that I, sticks in my mind in this in this weird COVID of years, was in the London Irish drawer, uh, when sadly Mitch Eady had been yellow carded, and and obviously was very keen to get back on straight away, uh, because he could see what was happening, and and he ran on still wearing his face mask, and I thought, uh, uh, fair play to the boy, you know, he's taking the the, the government's uh, uh, guidelines, unlike few people, to the letter of the law, Um, but I think what was funny about it, was he was kind of five, ten yards in, and obviously someone realised and he did that thing we've all been there when we've done something so stupid like that you have got nowhere to go and you just gotta like laugh it off and fair play to Mitch um, it was it was about the last thing he did <laughs> all season but you know hopefully he'll be back strong next
0: year Miles let me come to you your your magic moment from a, a rugby perspective
3: yeah I think it has to be really we'd all you know seen how well Semi had played uh, his fantastic running skills. But then, in a sort of game versus Bath, really, he came up against the light-footed, England capped, Jonathan Joseph, who'd we been described as having excellent defense skills, only to sidestep him and and burn him and then score a fantastic try. It was almost reminiscent of a few years ago, if you remember, of me trying to sidestep Lee on Ealing Common, (laughs) (laughs) but alas, he caught my leg and we ended up in a fun scrap on the floor. Well, there you go. So Jonathan Joseph didn't have a scrap with uh, Sophie Ranjranj, didn't catch him. So you could argue Lee's a bit quicker than Jonathan Joseph. Uh, and Sammy just had a fantastic, fantastic try.
0: The look on Joseph's face, the Sammy just breezed past oh, him. Lovely. I mean, that that was incredible. It was a uh, bit like the
3: look on Miles' face. <laughs> when he yeah. <laughs> grabbed him,
0: yeah. yeah. Lee, your your, your uh, rugby moment
1: of the, the season. Well, first of all, I don't know if you guys remember, the funniest thing that I remember actually was Nathan Hughes. Remember when he was, I can't remember the player, I think it was a scrum half and he was actually riding him. He yeah, was spanking that was his the, backside. That was the bath game. That's right, it was yeah. the bath game, wasn't it? He, he was riding Ben Spencer. That, I'm sure it that for me was... I, I literally rewound that and played that back about 15 times. But the other funny moment for me was Jonofoa, the ageless Jonofoa, coming out for the start of that second half and doing his Superman. And that was just absolute class. I loved that.
0: Yeah, I... Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna stick with John Afoa, Just the the Leicester game, uh, yeah. when he was just sat there on the bench, not <laughs> moving a muscle. I, you know, just thinking, I'm gonna go on there in a minute, and I, I, I'm just gonna sort this out myself. <laughs> and then, you know, after all that debate with Borthwick and Lamb, he went over there, and then he did that. We got the penalty, or no, no, Euron got the ball, didn't we? We, we, we got the ball out, we, we, Genge got done, Euron picks it up, kicks it into touch, and then Afoa does that chest pump against Wrigglesworth, <laughs> doesn't he? And then it all kicks off. Uh, I mean, I absolutely, absolutely love that. Um, and I'll, t- I'll just throw one more in, and that, that was the Max Lahith oh, pre-game oh, interview yeah. oh, when he was brilliant. trying to bend the post with his head and then was talking about, wasn't he, seeing his ancestors when he uh, was uh, uh, playing the, the, the week before. And Max Laheef, what a what a character. We're so lucky to have uh, big characters like him at the club. So let me come back to you then from a podcast perspective in the last year. Um, your your magic moment, Pete?
2: Well, it's slightly indirectly related to the podcast, but my big, big moment, really, for, for basically, I guess, from... Being involved in this um, was it was as you all remember, boys, well, you probably forgotten now. It was a big birthday for me earlier on in March, um, and uh, uh, I, I, I do have a I, I do have a contact of someone for the club and very who I know quite well and, and very kindly they organised a, a little birthday video message from some of the players. I think it was Callum, Joe Joyce, Carl Sinclair, who referred to us as Bears Beyond. Uh, and uh, and um, Pat Lamb himself, uh, and also Max Leahy, I should say. Mm. And it was it was I I got showed it at school at break time. We were in a break, and it was all set up in the in the in the, the dining room where we, we have our our um, break time cup of coffee. And it was it was just very unexpected, and uh, one of those money those presents that money can't buy. And and it was I just thought I know it was partly because. You know the person I know knows we do the podcast, knows that we've been doing this, and I know that the players know that we do it, and so do the the, the coaches. But they also respect the fact that we're kind of independent, and you know we're a fan podcast. We we say what we want to say, but despite all that, um, it was great to get it. And and I think you know Pat's message to me was fifties the new forty, mate. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm all over it. So yeah. if Pat
0: says it. Then that's brilliant. <laughs> that's right. You were off on the Hogwarts Express. I was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, go, yeah. yeah juvenile juvenile um and if anybody's not seen the video if you look on our bears beyond the gate page on facebook i think the video is still there so uh it was wonderful wasn't it absolute wonderful moment um miles your your kind of podcast related memory of the
3: this season uh well i think it's we all agree it's fantastic to actually be recording back together again and then following that uh uh, a little trip down to the match on the on the Monday night to watch Gloucester. Uh, it, was, it was hilarious because oh, our, our friend Jeff Twentyman called up uh, Pete and he went, "Well, I am here, but Miles is next to me. Do you want to wear with him?" So there we are. I uh, have my sort of uh, preview, my sort of premiere chat to Jeff so after the game. It was your debut. It was my oh, debut, really, and I didn't get a, a diamond duck on that occasion. <laughs> 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 Pete yeah. was across the street. We were trying to sort of stay fur- further apart to stop any echo or feedback. But that was just great. We had a little cheeky little chat with Jeff, and it was just following that, but going back at the gate. I think we we're all giddy, weren't we? With, with pride to get down there. So that was that was a great, great part of the season on the pod for me.
0: So BBC Radio Bristol, he popped his cherry when we played the cherry <laughs> and white. So uh, well, excellent <laughs> stuff. Uh, Lee, how about you? Your your podcast magic moment.
1: The one, the one thing that stands out for me, team, was. Um, Obviously you guys know I've been through a bit of a, a, an hectic couple of months and the one thing that stands out for me is, is, is having you guys round here to my new place um, and we recorded what for the first time in 16, 17 months was it and that, that was very emotional to be honest and it was uh, kind of the fresh start for, um, for me and that was my podcast moment of the season
0: yeah. yeah, and it's fabulous. And I don't know if the listeners pick it up. Um, you know, we we, we we had a good laugh when we were using the online system to record, but there's nothing like just the four of us stood around this this microphone recorder having beers. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're four mates, we're four people that love the rugby. Uh, we love each other's company. So uh, it is wonderful to, to, to be back together again. Um, I think for me, they're just... I, I think, actually, I'm, I'm just, there's a couple of things and I'll, I'll give you my, my magic moment. I think Pete's Premiership previews have been great. Yeah. I've loved yeah. the fact that yeah. we've been able to talk with fellow fans uh, and I, we've had a lot of listener feedback as well that they like that. They say it means we don't have to listen to you for quite so <laughs> much during the programme. Um, but, well, joking aside... Um I also thought the the semi-final, although it was a really disappointing uh result, it was so nice for us because we had people were turning around saying, yeah. You're the yeah. podcast boys, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And actually it was so nice, some of the yeah. people that have listened to us for for months, well, for the last two years, yeah. uh actually to have a chat with them and meet some of them. Uh but for me it was the the second podcast of uh this season it was episode 50 and i got to interview pat lamb yeah. um which which was a great honor and again thanks to um tom tainton and pat for for organizing that but it, it it's it's been wonderful um we're absolutely we're on actually episode 79 wow. and um this will go out hopefully tomorrow morning monday although i st- i am flagging a bit after me, <laughs> me, me, me camping nights but uh, we will surpass 50,000 downloads wow. with this Boom. episode wow. we're we're on something like just under 49,900 uh, so i just feel really humble that you know that many people have downloaded the show over what yeah. these last 22 months or so um let's let's move on then um and uh something quite topical uh certainly this weekend uh is the lions tour to south africa uh now lee um home soil game up in uh scotty land and uh, the lions uh winning 28 10 uh, against Japan, uh, a good omen, do you think for the tour?
1: Well, it was. I think during the game, I mean, I think they they did take their foot off the gas a little bit, didn't they? And you know, I kind of I watched it on the harbour side yesterday. Um, Japan came back into it quite well, um, but obviously, since so subsequently, now we know that Alan Alan Wynn James is out, which is a huge loss for the Lions, and obviously COVID. Outbreak in the South African camp now, which could uh, completely shake up the whole tour, couldn't it? Absolutely, and,
0: and uh, let me come to you on that point, uh, Miles. Three Covid cases. Um, can, can the tour go ahead as, as scheduled? Because I think the lions are flying out tonight, aren't they? Right. Oh, yeah. It's either tonight so, or yeah, tomorrow. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, COVID's been with us, hasn't it, for the last 14 to 16 months and it's affected our games and some international games. I mean, only this weekend we were all looking forward to seeing Randall and Malins, were not we, play for England A, uh, only to find that there are some positive cases in the Scotland camp. So sadly, you know, they didn't get a run out. It's having a massive effect. So, yeah, I don't know. It's very late in the day, isn't it, to reschedule all these games uh, in South Africa something's got to be done. I mean, they, they, you know, the, the whole camp have now got to isolate for, I presume, about seven days, no training. And it's going to, I don't know, who knows what's going to happen if they can reschedule at, at this point. Um, and, you know, it might subsequently find out there's some COVID in, in the Lions squad when they get there, uh, which would be hugely disappointing. I,
0: I think, Pete, let me come to you. Um, I, they've made the announcements um, as, as well in South Africa today. I, I don't think there's going to be any any beer allowed for for three weeks as part of their lockdown there is talk about some of the maybe most of the tour now being played in Cape Town which I think has uh, escaped the worst of things Uh, you know we've got all these international superstars from you know the top clubs uh, in 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 the British Isles and and from Ireland Can, can we risk can we risk them should they be playing now? It's it's. Well, I mean,
2: I mean, we've always said we don't want to bring any kind of external politics and stuff into into the pod. But it's a bit like us with vaccinations. I mean, I, I was under the impression that a lot of these players have had their vaccines already, haven't they? And I, and I just do wonder whether we have to get to a point where, if we feel that the odds are, you know, are, are decent and to to very good in terms of health. Um, and and that you know we, we have to kind of get on with life a little bit now and I I, I don't you know it's very difficult to comment because we don't know the situation but and I would have thought that protocols will be very very um, sh- strong to 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 not you know be, be in contact with anyone outside your bubble apart from the players on the pitch and if you're all kind of you know if, if part of the pre pre planning has been to get vaccines for the players I, I just wonder I don't know we, we'll find out won't we? it seems it seems that it seems a d- difficult, disappointing if some, if it all falls apart at this stage, um, but you know I, I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm not the health secretary <laughs> thankfully, so uh, so I don't know what, what's going to happen. So you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see I think on this one. It
0: it, it certainly looks you know whether that first mm. game has got to be in doubt, but, yeah. uh, mm, yeah, For absolutely. for for next weekend, uh, all right, boys. We we we're, we're nearly at the end, so. Um, we're, uh, we're going to take a break actually from the podcast for July and August so this is, this is the last one in season 2 we're going to be back uh, in September uh, and uh, we are working on a very special guest we are for uh, one of the, if not the first episode back so uh, if that all comes off that will be something that uh, we're very excited about mm-hmm. and I'm sure people will really enjoy listening to Uh, But before we get there, um, let me again go round to each of you. What are you looking forward to um, as far as next season is concerned? Maybe not necessarily on the pitch, but that, that just... We've been through this weird couple of seasons with COVID. Let's say we do get back to normal. Pete, give me one thing and I'll come to each of you, one thing you're really looking forward to. Just just more coast-to-coast, Tone. <laughs> more coast-to-coast. More coast-to-coast.
2: You know, we've got, still got stuff to do, haven't I mean, we, to improve on. We've still got to be more accurate. We've still got to be, uh, maybe improve our game management at times. And, that, and that, pre, that review of the season kind of highlights to me, actually, we, we, it was quite up and down. It was a roller coaster. and we, we kind of hung on with our fingertips at times. And, I, and I, I think that's not going to improve dramatically. But one thing you could be sure is that we will be trying to hunt for space. We're we'll trying to be breaking the line. And we're going to see some fantastic tries again next season. And, and, and I guess that's what I'm looking forward to, is because that's why we watch rugby.
0: Yeah. Miles, let me come to you. Anything as a fan, you know, maybe away from the playing side that you're looking forward to? Uh,
3: I think, <laughs> personally, I think. Any, any away trip as a fan is what I'm looking forward to. I don't care where it is, how we get there, how many of us get get there, or whether we have to go back and forth today, or who drives. I don't give a monkey. You are. all right. (laughs) But literally to get to any away game has got to be, I think, the priority for some diehard Bristol fans. We've been so lucky to get down the gate a couple of times, and next year... As soon as the fixtures are going to come out, I think we're going to pencil in a couple of away games, and please, please, just let us go to some some away match. I mean, we've got our power
0: passes from this weekend that we yeah. have to use. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, we've got Champions Cup that you know we've been denied any any kind of yeah, trips. Let's yeah. fingers crossed we get <laughs> maybe some nice European uh, trips. Lee, from your perspective, what, what are you looking forward
1: to for next season? First of all, I just hope you guys all get those calendars sorted out. <laughs> I, I don't have that problem at all. <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually something that you mentioned earlier, Tone. I am looking forward to getting back down the gate. I'm looking forward to meeting new friends, the people that we've, you know, we've all connected yeah. with, and actually having a beer with some of the listeners and some of the, some of the fans. Because, like you said before, I mean, they keep us going as much as we keep them going. So it's a, it's a two-way thing, isn't it? And, you know, like you say, we went to the, uh, the Quinns game and it was lovely people coming up to us and saying, that hey, you're the boys from the podcast mm. and I want some more of that next season.
0: Yeah, I've got to say, when, uh, you know, we were very lucky to be invited in before the semi-final and uh, get filmed our, our opinions for BBC Points West, but we insisted on going to our row and our <laughs> <Yes>. seats <laughs> And, you know, that's going to be fabulous to get back there and the yeah. people that we know uh, in the seats around us. Well, let, let me finish off. My my hope for next season is that, you know, that first game of the season, let's hope it's a home game and I am going to walk into the shop at Ashton Gate and be <laughs> bewildered by the, the quality merchandise that's packed from floor to ceiling, that I, I will just be throwing my money after two years <laughs> I'll be saying, I want this, 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 and this. So that, that's, that's one of my hopes for, for the season. Um, well, boys, you know, it, uh, it, it's, it's been a journey, isn't it, this season? Yes, yes. Um, and uh, again, thanks for, for sharing this season. Uh, and for all the listeners out there as well, you know, we, we still are uh, very humble and very surprised by the, the hundreds and hundreds of you That uh, listening each week Uh, although there won't be any podcasts for a couple of months we'll still be active on social media so uh, look out for us there and please keep keep engaging with us there Um, well that's it for this show if you do like what you've heard and you want to make sure you get that first episode uh, for the next season subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform Uh, We'll be back in September and our first show will be a preview of the 21-22 season. Until then, goodbye, stay safe and come on Briz.